history of personal computing. History of Personal Computing. Welcome back to the History of Personal Computing podcast. This is show 57 for Wednesday, February 1st, 2017. I'm David Grealish, and I'm joined by Jeff Salzman. Hello. Oh, that's a really short introduction. Usually I'm waiting for you to uh, <laughs> yeah. rattle off a bunch Trimmed of Trimmed it all stuff. off, huh? <clears throat> Uh, February is a short month, so we'll just have a short introduction for the first one of February. Is it a leap year this year? I don't think it so. It is right? not. No. no. March 1st will also be on a Tuesday. Oh, okay. Or is today Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Okay. So, so how's it going, eh? Hour was I go- oh, okay. <laughs> it's going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, what, almost halfway through winter already. Yeah, and we only had about four inches of snow here. It done. I mean, up through the here. whole winter. So uh, I don't know what. Yeah, we got what six weeks left. So who knows what can happen? I don't but, know. I'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, Groundhog Day. my daughter's day, right? birthday. If she sees her shadow, there's six more weeks of winter. Is tomorrow Groundhog's Day? Yes, it is. Groundhog Day. Okay. That movie was on just recently, and I watched like the last. You watched it. it again, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, watching it over and over again. <laughs> that is a that still is a pretty good movie. Yeah, it is. It's it's like the Christmas Story. It's kind of a classic now, or a holiday classic for its own holiday. So, um, to remind any any well any listeners, especially for any new listeners. Uh, so this is actually the eBay edition. We kind of throw that in and take it out sometimes. We're, we we are because uh, our last couple of shows we did about like our own personal computing history of different machines that we bought, and we didn't really do eBay auctions. But we're back to eBay auctions. So this podcast is mostly where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. That makes it sort of like Antiques Roadshow, but all about antique personal computers. So in today's show, we're moving into the evolved, mature third tier of personal computing. We're covering smartphones. These are devices that have become so powerful as to incorporate nearly all of the computing capabilities of the tier one and tier two devices. The modern smartphone is dominated by the iPhone and Android devices. So starting off, we'll discuss a few early incarnations to the smartphone world. In other words, not iPhones or Androids. Android. And there's only one thing yeah. missing from that from the uh, tier one, tier two devices. What? You can't put a hard drive into a smartphone. Mm. Well, we have the equivalent with uh, flash, yes. flash memory. With the, so. Yep. Yeah, because they have RAM. And so that is uh, – what, what do you call that? What was another name for hard drives? Uh, extended storage or uh, – ex- well, external storage. Well, like no, that, so yeah. It's not external. It's internal. But yeah. Um, uh, we had – fixed, fixed storage. Yeah. Yeah, so you essentially have all those same sort of um, parts of a computer are, are in smartphones. Another thing, too, when I was at the VCF, uh, well, Vintage Computer Federation, the InfoAge Museum, mm-hmm. uh, earlier you know, earlier last that you, month. You spoke of last show? Yes, that one. Um, so I got to see ago, one, okay. of the, one of the setups. Yeah, I think they've filled it out a little more since I last saw it in their museum. They have behind glass all these individual devices like a camera, 
a watch, a calculator, uh, this, that, and the other. And it basically depicts um, this is everything that you can now get into a single smartphone. Right. And they had a whole bunch of physical items that are now incorporated into a single smartphone. Yeah. Just to show people and visitors, you know, this is what it's come to now. And you know, you know what that, would be, and I don't know if they're, if they, I don't think from what you described, they, they have these other things, but you know, you could expand that as well by having like a, um, a picture album, have that sitting there because your smartphone is a picture album too nowadays, right? Cause you have a bunch true. of pictures on it. Um, it's also a wallet cause you have, you know, you have access to bank, but more important, you know, you can actually pay for things with it. So it's like your, your digital. That's right. I, I have N- NFC tapping at mine and, and, uh, uh, iPhones have the uh, it's some something similar, and I'm trying to think of uh, it could be oh you could have like a pedometer I guess you know there and there's I know there's just tons of other devices and things that it, it takes the place of yeah mine keeps track of steps but then again so does my smartwatch which maybe someday will incorporate actually even there are smartwatches that actually incorporate a phone mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, they're right. I, and um, Galaxy Gear Two, I think, uh, has a version that's uh, 4G and it's got a built-in phone. And since you bring that up, let me um, mention a, a YouTube show um, that I, I enjoy. I don't watch it a lot, but uh, here and there, I enjoy watching the guy. I'm not in the market for uh, Android um, smartwatches, but um, it's called Smart Smartwatch. Am I saying it right now? Smartwatch. Yeah, Smartwatch Ticks. And uh, and the guy does really nice. He constantly is reviewing, and he's not reviewing the big like Samsung and the um, Pebble and some of the more expensive mainstream. He's doing a lot of the ones that are straight from China, and they're um, okay. and and they're really inexpensive. And so from watching that, I've learned there's two main type of smart watch. I keep wanting to say smartphone smart watches. There's the tethering smartwatch, which is like what the um, the Apple watches where it tethers to your smartphone and then you can, uh, you know, it exchanges information back and forth. Messaging. Yeah. It's an extension of your phone. So you but as you reach. say, you also have a true, um, smartwatch phone, which you can actually put SIM cards in and they are pretty like for $150, you would be amazed at the quality and, and, uh, and they're, and essentially it is a smartphone on your wrist. I mean, yeah, it makes so, you wonder how long those batteries last. Yeah, but with like the OLED displays and just really pretty interesting. So check that out, anybody who's interested. Smartwatch ticks. Um, I've been into like watching YouTube channels a lot more lately. You know, I can do that too with, with smart TVs. Uh, it's so easy to get lost just watching and watching and watching. Yeah. Uh, you almost don't need cable television anymore. You just need the internet access. So let's have a quick discussion, you and I. Okay. What, what our this is where we pull out our opinions, right? Yeah. What would you say? So, what constitutes a smartphone? Well, now you're just getting philosophical on me. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I mean we can consider computers smart because they do things for us a lot faster than we can do ourselves. Mm-hmm. So a smartphone, smart devices, I guess. Yeah. Smart, yeah. I guess you can call that smart devices. Yeah. Um, would just do the same thing in miniature. And right. now since society is tied to their telephone number. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what better device? I mean, we could have had smart calculators if des- 
somebody designed them that way. They didn't even think of, you know, making it work with a phone. Right. But phones got smaller and they can, you know, want to stuff features in. So everything that is computable, is that a good word? Can, can, we, yeah. can we make up a word now? Everything that is computable um, makes us smarter. Well, and, and I think, yeah, that the phone makes us smarter and there's the smartphone. So there's <laughs> and anybody else come up with a better definition than I did, I'm sure. Well, so they're, um, they're, they're handheld computers and then they're communicators. So that for the most part that, and they're more than that, but those are kind of the two foundational parts, right? Well, I mean, actually yes. that does sum it up because being, because they're definitely communicators and, and that tends to insinuate voice communications, but no, not just voice. Um, and then the fact that they are computers means that they're, you know, they can run programs or apps as we call them for smartphones. So therefore they can do lots of things and anything almost. So yeah, they take I, the place of a computer. I play MAME on mine so I can play my old Pac-Man games and stuff and play Atari. There's my computing power. And I think that's important is that was the true um, – you know, that's the true, what I'm going to say, evolutionary step, the true f- fulfillment of, of what the third tier, you know, was, tried to be for a long time and finally evolved into it. I think it's kind of an interesting, uh, would this be the right way to describe it, paradox, where um, instead of the computer ultimately sort of evolving a phone with it, which over the years that's been tried many times, it's funny how the phone actually ultimately became the computer, yeah, that is. I I don't know if that defines a paradox or not. Wrong word. But I I don't know. It maybe it is irony. <laughs> I guess that's not. more like it. It's like yeah, because we've had PDAs. We've talked about PDAs before. Then PDAs could have grown to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Without the phone. Mm-hmm. But since I mean, who wants to wear two devices on their belts, right? Um, so it was a natural. Uh, merge. You know, yeah. people were carrying their cell phones with them. If we didn't have cell phone technology, then it would probably be smart PDA, you know, as opposed to a PDA. Because PDA just is a digital assistant, where a right. smart PDA is a computing digital assistant. And then the second question we had down here, we're basically going to answer this mostly with a lot of our eBay picks about what were some of the first smartphones. And of course, the earlier we go back, the sort of the less of, uh, you know, the less they fulfilled some of the definitions we've applied or the more primitively they did it. They, they, Maybe we could agree on the fact that smartphones are phones that we can install applications at will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I think they ultimately came to that and certainly they have to be that now. So that is part of the definition. But I think, I think the two main factors of what, whatever we consider smartphones. So again, like PDAs going before the smartphone, whatever you considered a handheld computing device, that it was also a cellular phone. That, so those two things put together, that was kind of the earliest definition of a smartphone, right? Yes. And those were the yep. earliest smartphones. Um, so, last question: Are smartphones more revolutionary than desktop and laptop personal computers? And I don't know if "revolutionary" is the best word either. More, uh, mm, well, not so, what would you say? More important or more impactful? Do you think? Well, there's now, different or? ways of looking at that. A lot of times, technology is referenced against science fiction. So yeah. you look at Star Trek. <laughs> 
You have right. to they're communicating with little lapel buttons, okay? But they had the what is the device? The pad, mm-hmm. the ADD, the tricorder, and the tricorder. Uh, so revolutionary is well, it's a revolution in things. Um, being able to mimic some visionary science fiction devices is amazing in itself. Mm-hmm. And that could be revolutionary. It's funny. In the original Star Trek, they had a lot of, um, you know, revolutionary, very predicted type of technologies on there. That yeah, a lot tablet of with true. a stylus. Yeah. But, but like, for instance, the, the tricorder and the communicator were two separate devices where, you know, now you, it seems natural. You would have thought they'd just be one device. Why wouldn't you have the, you know, the technology and the one thing to do both? That's true. Even in Star Trek Next Generation, which was more, um, you know, advanced than the original Star Trek, they still had two separate devices. Just the little that, brooch you know, which, that you can talk Which totally made more sense because then the brooch thing's always there. It's a tracker. Yeah, versus the tricorder is another device that has sensors in it. And, um, you know, since we're talking about this, I'm, I'm going to create dead air for five seconds while I grab something. Hold on. Okay, back. All right, okay. ready for this? Yeah. Little, little sound effect for, ready? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you got one too? <laughs> Couple of nerds. <laughs> oh, I think the batteries are low. That's why it's kind of freaking out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mine's. I need to take the batteries out of this. <laughs> yeah. You got you me have beat. Try quarter two. Yep. Yep. I. I have one of the toy ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. I need good. to. Take the, you know, I hope the batteries aren't like leaking inside here either. So I need to do that tonight. Take all the batteries out of these guys. Let's see. Yeah. The. Uh... Maybe my battery's weak in my tricorder here. Yeah, we're a couple of couple of nerds, computer nerds, Star Trek nerds. They go together. That's right. Yeah, mine's lighting up, but it's not saying anything. I think the battery's oh, good. Did this. There we go. <laughs> he sounded a little weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounded like a... that was Mr. Spock, by the way. Yeah. Captain. Yeah, all that works. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I cannot um, change the laws of physics, Captain. Of course, that was Scotty for anybody. <laughs> actually, listeners. I wanted to take this thing and replace that fake screen with the real LCD screen and, and put an Arduino in here to for some of the effects. <laughs> We're off the rails. Yeah, we are off the rails. Take it Very on, far take off it. the rails. What's your first auction pick? Oh, let me put things away here. And it's gotta, a good one. I'm going to it. Good choice. And by the way, for you, I mentioned what this is. This is what uh, Steve Wozniak used. He was a big proponent of this device before the iPhone. I'm pretty I did not know that. It just sure, came yeah. up with my list here. Okay. And I kind of wanted one for a long time. I kind of felt like, eh, it's a teenager phone, which is dumb. I kind of wish I'd gotten one. But go ahead. I remember them. I think at the time I was still using one of those really tiny um, 2G phones or whatever. Um, Samsung Sidekick SGH T839. I, I guess those vary depending on the carrier and other features. With a whole whopping one gigabyte of storage. Now the link here goes to the 
um, bidding is ended page, you have to click on see original listing to actually get better details on it. Oh, so this is a much later one. Is it? I was going to say, I didn't think the really early um, sidekicks, I don't think they were made by Samsung. I think they were made by a different company. But Sidekick was a T-Mobile uh, product name, uh-huh. not necessarily, okay, a device brand name. It shows you how much I actually knew about the Sidekicks. But I, I saw that there were a lot of them around. And this has, this, the thing about the Sidekick is it has the, the slider keyboard. In this case, you slide the screen away, and then you have a keyboard underneath it. And it was, it and was, you, it was horizontal. You know, so you flipped yeah. it, so you had like the, you know, horizontal it had, about it, it had with the keyboard the, this one, I guess it's running Android, isn't it? Yeah, so this is a much, this is a later one. Yeah, than the, the original ones. But I guess the style worked uh, for it to be, you know, still capable of doing that. Well, let's see, Samsung they had the uh, S Galaxy S two, uh, which was basically the whole phone slid in half. I had I had some of those. Actually, I still have one somewhere. Um, yeah, it just slides away. Kind of like the sidekick, but it, it, it just takes the whole front end and slides it away. The whole the keyboard's all hidden in between where this sidekick, only the screen slides away, but your mm-hmm. external buttons are still in play. Also, didn't it have like a little trackball or something? Yeah. Is that think, a ca- yeah, on the along the one side. Yeah, for a lot of the early Android devices had those. So this one is just a uh, okay, it runs Android Android 2.2. Now, do you remember the like the the early Sidekicks? The screen actually, you pushed a button and it flipped around and up. Oh, so it was like on a, a spring loaded hinge. Yeah, yeah. Versus this is uh, pushes back or whatever and up. But yeah, they were pretty cool. So yeah, this is a newer one, uh, kind of an end of an era, I guess, for yeah. T-Mobile uh, before everything went to just the plain touch screen everything. Um, well, it's an interesting pick. I mean, it, it's, I, I, I tell you, there were a lot of holdouts and, uh, you know, there was still a big market for phones with physical keyboards for, for a, a good while. You know, it did the iPhone pretty much changed everything really quick in 2007 and, you know, and going forward, but it didn't kill off keyboards for a while there. You know what I mean? There were plenty yeah, of people that I, didn't want just a touch keyboard. I had keyboards, uh, my device is you know, probably seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that Galaxy uh, S2. Um, oh, did it really? Oh, yeah. Full slide out screen. Yeah, it was a nice keyboard. It, it sometimes if it, it seems like some of the keys get stuck or a little harder to press or they lose their little clicky feel to it. They're uh, they're, they're I guess the touch feel or whatever. But yeah, real keyboards. Somebody at work had has a, a slider phone with a real keyboard that uh, she only got rid of last summer. Hmm. You know, for just a flat front smartphone. So yeah, you're right. There are holdouts in this. Uh, this one is Carrier Unlocked, which you may end up finding a lot of these older ones that way. That way, you should be able to use on any carrier that supports the appropriate network. Uh, this particular one uses GSM. Um, not wholly familiar with the uh, uh, different networks. I mean, I know with 4G and 3G and there's LTE, a lot of that stuff is... Yeah, I think standard. it's like the early... It's a, it's um, it's an earlier non-standard 4G, right? And Sprint had their own version. It was like a competing 4G standard before the LTE 
one out. Yeah, that's that. the thing. Everybody comes up with their own versions of, of a standard before it actually becomes a standard. And they'll call it a standard. We'll have two standards that eventually will merge into one standard. Mm-hmm. Sort of similar to the uh, the modem standard, 56K wars. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Thank yeah. you for reminding me of that headache. <laughs> what was, was it, it? U.S. Robotics? And who was the other one? Yeah. Uh, Rockwell? Uh, Rockwell. Zoom. Yeah, Rockwell chipset. Yeah. Wow. But pretty cool. And of course, if you you know if you look at that if you look at the the pick that, that Jeff made, just obviously you can see look what other people you know. There's tons of different uh, sidekicks. So go, like I see one for a two, a three. Um, look out, here's a Motorola sidekick. So obviously some different people made made them and stuff for. So they were around for a, a while. Um, I want to say you know what I think Microsoft ended up buying, but I don't know anyway the original company. Oh, did they? I guess they just wanted some hardware technology. But I remember seeing a lot of these all the time. It, it seemed to me they definitely were more teenager phones. But I, I used to see them all the time. They were very popular and very big. Yeah, and this one, it sold for twenty three fifty. It looks like... Uh, I don't know why this thinks I live in Canada. Uh, see, it was free shipping standard, uh, UPS first class or USPS first class and 780 for priority mail. And if your carrier supports GSM and you want something that's just simple, we'll do texting. Yeah, it it won't, it probably won't run much in the way of, um, you know, the HTML five or uh, run flash anyway yeah already android 2 is pretty limited in a lot of ways it is and probably insecure in others but you know it's supposed to have facebook but i don't think it'll render the new facebook it's interesting looking at you know it's not that old that's how fast things changed but it's uh it's interesting looking it's very different from obviously what you know the generic you know granted uh, iphone and and, uh, android phones look like nowadays because let's face it, they're fairly generic compared to when they, phones had keyboards and screens that flipped around, all kinds of other stuff. It's kind of like what happened with the, the computer revol- you know, evolution, too. Or like the Palm smartphone that had, looked like a bar of soap mm-hmm. that just had a curve. But was, yeah. And that, had, that was an interesting style. And, uh, and you know what? One day, these things are cheap right now, and, and they're even considered trash by a lot of people. It's like old computers used to be, but they'll be worth something and rare one day. Rare with two ad symbols, right? Yep. In Steve Jobs. Of, actually, these, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Steve, Steve Jobs sells everything. Samsung even. sidekick. Steve Jobs, rare. Yeah, <laughs> oh, might as well just add iOS, even though it doesn't have it. But see, some of these, you know, even uh, slightly more recent ones, if they have Android and iOS, you can still do stuff with Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a carrier. Right. You just have this lying around, you know, in the kitchen. You. I think you, all of them, though, even like the, um, maybe not, like that sidekick there, I think it, it should have that, too. Have Wi-Fi capabilities, right? I think that would be in the description. Where, where did I find that? My earliest smartphone was an Android phone, and it was uh, Android 2. Um, and it was by, um, HTC and it, you know, and you can make it like, a, um, what do you call the non iPhone iPod? Yeah. The, uh, touch, yes, the iPod or whatever, touch. you know, it was just like, uh, 
You could use it on. Oh, this is Wi Fi capable. Yeah, I think so. I think that pretty much sort of, they all had that starting around the late 2000s. And if it's 4G, that would be around there. All right, well, moving forward. So I found, Jeff, Mm -hmm. an auction for, I think, what is arguably pretty safe to say, the very first true smartphone. It's a vintage Nokia 9000 communicator. Um, it says Rack-1N. I guess it's the model number. Excellent condition inbox out of Budapest, European Union and Hungary. $48 expedited shipping from the, from the outside of the U.S. You can make an offer on it, all right? You know, <laughs> Or you can go ahead and buy it now for $1,100. Yeah, yeah, right. Now, Two people are watching it. You know, excellent condition in the box, though. These are reasonably rare, this very first incarnation, 9,000. The one that replaced it was the 9110, and um, and it looks mostly the same. It's a little bit thinner and lighter, and you can kind of find – you can, last I looked, pick those up for maybe you know, $100, $150, which considering it for you know 20-year-old smartphone or 30-year-old, 30-year-old, no, 20. So anyway, this one, the 9000, it came out in 1996. And again, for all practical purposes, you are looking at the very first true smartphone. Now, what I'll assign to the definition of smartphone is that it's a phone. Okay, duh, obviously. But also, it has internet capabilities. So so in my opinion, going backwards, the, the earliest definition of a smartphone was means you can get on the internet with it, check email, and I guess surf the web. And you can see how it looked like there's a, the internet button, a candy bar phone, but then it opened up like a little laptop, and then you you could you know do your stuff there. That um, antenna is so quaint. And it also it was uh, uh, the earliest smartphones like this was also a PIM, which is like what um, Palms were personal information manager. So you had you know contact management, to do lists, and calendar. So it had that basic functionality in it too. And until it was actually opened up, it just looks like a regular yeah. cell phone. Yeah. But um, from what I can tell, and you see how thick it is. Like I said, if you look for 9110s, they're a lot thinner. But from, from everything I can tell, so this is 21 years ago, that that was really the first true smartphone. What do you think? Yeah, I wonder if they'll sell it <laughs> at that price. I know we really ought to revisit it. And, and see if, when it sells, when and if it sells. Charger with EU plug cannot be used for phone conversation in America as it's GSM 1800. So, Oh yeah. That was the one thing about it too, is that uh, it was, this was mostly only available in Europe though. I do think some people could get them in uh, the U S but I don't know. I don't know how, how many made it to the U S or could be used or were used. So, like this one says, it's it's locked to the Orange UK network. It's like, certainly in excellent condition. Yeah. So that was good. Someone saved the box and packaging and all that. So buttons, buttons everywhere. And I think they were pretty expensive in 1996. I want to say, you know, of course. I bet their service plans were too. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, 96. I think I was still using a Motorola flip phone. You know, the big plastic uh, flip phone, the, the yep. I forget what they were called. Like the communicator. Uh, Star oh, StarTac. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So what's your next find? I think you found the other Mine. significant. Uh, I did. Arguably, 
sidekick. Oh, no, another sidekick. Oh, okay. I found it only because it was a Tony Hawk. Um, not that I'm a big fan of Tony Hawk, but it just kind of shows with items like this that someone can be branded, you know, product branded. Mm-hmm. So this one was uh, a Tony Hawk edition, I guess. Maybe it used his favorite colors. Um, oh, look, and that's a proper – that's like one of the earlier ones. See, it's not yeah, it has the flip screen, the flip-up screen as opposed to the slide-out screen. And it also has the sidekick interface. I remember that. Um, you used a little ball down there. And see on the left, it's got yep. like the, the – you, you would scroll through those little um, – It had a D-pad. Yeah. And you know this, this – it's really weird. This thing won – for $12.50, it's buy it now price was $65. Yeah. And it was free shipping. Yeah. So through an 11 bid war, it got up to $12.50. Um, neat. <laughs> now, this doesn't have uh, no, no real Wi Fi. No, right. But it is GSM, so you could probably still put it to use. Don't expect much from it. Pretty cool, yeah. And plus the the screen; these are not touch screen, so obviously that some the iPhone kind of brought in uh, multi touch and all that. Oh yeah, they had styluses, right? Or did this one maybe didn't have a stylus? Could I don't you, think this one did. But then the resolution on it is, uh, you know, far less. <laughs> yeah, it probably took pictures at quarter VGA, and that was considered high def at the time. Touchscreen, no. Bluetooth, yes. Digital camera, yes. Email access, yes. Internet browser, yes. Speakerphone, yes. But nothing about Wi-Fi. Hmm. So, yeah, you would have to have a data plan on a carrier that, that supports GSM still. So this is quad band GSM, so it probably works worldwide. That makes me want a sidekick. There you go. Just you know, just just to plug it in and light it up, right? I was like, here's one for parts, so it doesn't work. Sidekick three. I need one that works. Darn it! <laughs> so we'll move on here in a second. Do I find another one? Okay. Well, here's one I found earlier. So here's one that's T-Mobile Sidekick three Danger GSM cell phone PV two hundred sharp. Oh, the Danger operating system, yeah. I think that's who made them. So, like, this is a T-Mobile. You know, T-Mobile sold them for the most part, but then I think Danger was the company that um, that actually made. Yeah, and actually, Microsoft ended up buying that company. You remember they came out with like two sort of weird phones, and they were big failures. Um, Microsoft. Yeah, I can't remember what they were called, but I think they were made by the Danger company. Yeah, but, I don't uh, know that many details about it. Danger. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like the robot from uh, Lost in Space. Bill Robinson. So the next one I found. So I up until tonight, and I had did some research, and I, I've given talks about this and stuff. I thought that what was generally considered the first um, American, you know, first real smartphone in the United States was in 2002, and it was a Trio, um, the 180, which actually I selected and will be another of my auction picks I'll go to. But then on the Wikipedia page, I found that this phone, link one of my picks, the Vintage, and so here's the auction, Vintage Kyocera QCP-6035 Palm Smartphone with Cradle, buy it now for $39.99, is, uh, is actually beat it by almost a year. 
So this is oh, a okay. Kyocer phone. And if you look, it sort of looks like a sort of a generic phone with the keypad. Yeah, that's a strange keypad, the way they designed but then it. it. It unfolds, and then you've got your basic palm. looks like a palm. You know, like a palm three, yeah. Buttons and stuff, yeah. So, so I guess Palm partnered with them for a short time to make this, and then and then when the um, Trio, you know, they purchased Trio back. Or is that is that what the name of the company was? Um, or what are the name of the other? When we covered the PDAs, we talked about it. The guys had left Palm and started their own. Three Com. No, and Three Com owned Palm, but they yeah. started another competing company, and then they made the Trio phones, and then Palm bought their company back. Um, so. But in any case, here's one for 40 bucks. It's too late at night for me to remember that stuff. Already. <laughs> $17 shipping out of California. The only problem with it. $70 so this, shipping. 17 I'm sorry. Okay. California. This could be pretty rare, actually, and very collectible. But it does not include, it says, the um, power cord. comes with cradle, but is missing a power cord. You know what? Actually, the cradle just, probably has a barrel connector on it. Yeah, just buying one of the, the generic replacements probably would work fine, wouldn't it? Odds are it will, yes, unless they use some weird connector. And and around this time, that is a possibility. And um, you know what I did not look at? So was this actually sold in the U.S.? But anyway, I don't know. No, does her description say what it's? Uh, CDMA 800 and 1900, I believe that's U.S. Okay. Oh, the band? Yeah. Uh, display resolution 160 yeah. by 160. Color depth 16 bit. Uh, no. Oh, it was color really? <laughs> no, I don't think so. That that no. is not a color screen. Uh uh-uh. uh All right, it's got a picture there. That's that pea green. Right, palm display. Blue, blue backlight. Palm so, powered. It says on it. Sixty five thousand shades of gray, maybe. No. But here you go. As so, as we we come into the early two thousands. And then with your next pick into the solidly into the mid two thousands, this is when some of the first real smartphones really started taking off in the United States. It was basically a twenty first century device. Mm-hmm. And so with your next pick, this is of course one that dominated the scene for quite a few years. Yes, the BlackBerry, and and I just picked the seventy one hundred R. Well, this one's blue, and Rogers is in the name. I think that was the um, the the phone company that it was marketed for. Uh, I think this is Canadian. Oh yeah, I've never heard of Rogers. So it's called the BlackBerry. Oh yeah, so that was kind of a later one of the original uh, style, though, with the little wheel on the side. I think, and that's what I was looking for. One of those older ones that. Uh, yeah, as you had mentioned at the the last or one of the previous shows, how you had a BlackBerry that had still had the like the thumb yeah. wheel type. Because those were the real dominant ones there for the longest time. And for this one, I'll click on the C original listing, and there's a better picture of it. So yeah, BlackBerry. This has a color screen, but it has more of a. Well, it has the T9 keypad, so it didn't do full. Um, you know, a full keyboard like the the newer Blackberries, and one of these pictures shows it to scale to someone's hand. That thing is tiny. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's probably half the length of the average uh, hand from th- from the wrist to the fingertips. That explains the keyboard, 
And the display looks like it's color. This guy is showing it still has the plastic on top of it. Um, there's SIM card slot. And what's this? A very old school. Um, the guy has his, uh, I guess, the baggie he stored it in. <laughs> okay, so. It's someone broke something. Like, something falling apart at home. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's it's just glass. So yeah, tiny BlackBerry uh, with a color screen. Uh, I, actually, I don't think I've ever seen this one before. Two sixty by two forty pixel resolution. Super high res, right? Uh, no touchscreen, has Bluetooth, no camera, no yeah. GPS, no QWERTY keyboard. I think it was kind of short-lived, that model. I kind of remember it. But I think then it was fairly quickly replaced. That was then the beginning of the, the Blackberries that then had the the little ball on the front instead of the wheel on the side. And then, of course, they also incorporated a camera. And, yeah, and I had that. the ones with the ball on the front. They're nice until they start getting dirt in them. And a wider and a wider color screen, but boy, yes. were, were they everywhere? I mean, for the longest time, it's just crazy. Then how the you know the iPhone and then Android phones just killed them. Even though I recently saw somebody with a BlackBerry, and I have to admit I was very surprised. Well, the new Blackberries do Android. Uh, well, I don't know if the, I don't. I mean, it could have been an Android BlackBerry, but I kind of think it it wasn't. Like maybe it had to be, <laughs> or it had to be really really old. <laughs> Did you have a BlackBerry? Yes, I actually went through a BlackBerry phase before the uh, iPhone 2 or the next generation, whatever they called it. It was through the first iPhone series. Um, I think we were with AT&T and I think went through about three different models before I jumped on Android. So I had the, I had the, I think the BlackBerry 9000. Mm-hmm. Which has the rolly ball that backlights. It's just also the larger screen, larger phone. And then I think I went to the uh, BlackBerry Curve, which had the touchpad, the, the finger, uh, I guess the fingerprint sensitive touchpad. Uh, was that, that was good? a lot easier. It, it was nice. It was smaller. It took me a little while to get used to the smaller keyboard. But that touchpad thing was great because unlike the roller ball, which gets dirty and starts not rolling properly, that touchpad area, which also doubles as a button, um, was so much more sensitive and you know true to movement. It didn't stick, in other words. Well, I, I think the Palm, I mean the Palm, let me say the BlackBerry was highly successful for quite a long time. I think it had um, one, one particular feature that made it really stand out, and of course was its um, email. And then and, and BlackBerry Messenger. Yes. And then how that was handled on the backside, of course. Um, I don't remember the, the name for it, but you know, it was more than just the phone's interface and how you used it, but also how it was pushed out and, and, and everything. That it was very uh superior in a lot of ways. It was marketed to businesses and they just took yeah. off with it. Probably its its biggest weakness was ter- had a terrible web browser, but didn't they all? Yeah. Pretty much. They did. That's right. So, but I kind of remember BlackBerry had really. They still used WEP, didn't they? The, is it WEP? No. What am I thinking of? 
there's a there's a standard, not HTML, it was something else. I forget what it was called, but yeah, there was a web, a mobile web standard that was just really poor. Yeah. What now? Web is. Uh, well, I remember um, in my IT work. Web is Wi-Fi encryption. So I worked somewhere as late as like twenty. Um, I want to say it was twenty ten, maybe twenty eleven, twenty ten, and and they were always still using Blackberries, and you know, and, and the. Yeah, and the iPhone had been out for a while, and then Android phones were out, and just I was just like, man, these are garbage compared to you know the the web browsers on them were horrible, and I was supporting them for a lot of the executives and stuff, and you know, set them up and troubleshoot them and everything. And I was like, yeah, web browsers are a joke on these. Yeah, and 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 then as uh, desktop web browsing got more and more complicated. Um, yeah, then they had to really step up their game on the mobile phone or smartphones so they can work with it. It used to be you had a website designed for a mobile interface and a website designed for a desktop interface. You can still do that, but it's it's coming together so well that it doesn't make that much of a difference anymore. So my next pick is, and I found I did I found a bunch of these. I was really surprised. So the link in the show notes for this pick is actually the search phrase IBM Simon on eBay. And so if you look, you'll see there's a number of these. Here's one for thirteen hundred dollars. Here's one for twelve hundred dollars. Here's one for two hundred fifty, as is. Of course, I'm going to say what it is, but uh, somewhere there's at least five or six of them. But this is the um, and Paul Simon's greatest hits came up. <laughs> um, this oh, is really the, it does it does say IBM eighty one oh three in in the description for Paul Simon. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I wonder why he has that. I don't know. So the IBM has that song "Bridge Over Troubled Smartphone." <laughs> the IBM Simon was a um, was a okay. We'll call it a smartphone that was uh, test marketed in uh, some limited um, areas by Bell South. It was a, it was a, um, what do I want to say? A combination thing between IBM and Bell South to, uh, to create what they called smartphones. So just to cut it short, I don't consider it a smartphone. I, so it, it was a cellular phone. It did have a bit connectivity other than just uh, talking on the phone but to me, and you could get email through the plan, but really to me more accurately, it was, it was a, um, kind of a PDA phone. And then it wasn't even quite all that because it didn't have apps and all that stuff, but it had a big touch, um, pad on the front. And so it was kind of neat. I mean, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. It's a little blocky in design. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to be as organic mm-hmm. as uh, other phones are. But well, it, it made it, sense because it was of sort concept, of like right? the iPhone before the iPhone in a, in a way because you had the biggest possible screen. So that's why it was just a big rectangle. Um, but, of course, it used a stylus. And then – but again, it um, it had email, but it was very limited. It was it didn't, it didn't really have the functionality of like a laptop or a computer, a full-fledged computer email system. And then, and then other than just the basic PIM stuff, that's about all it could do. Um, yeah, it, it lacked some. And I think that part abilities. of the the definition of a true smartphone is that it actually has internet capabilities, which would include web browsing, 
Yeah, and so I want to say, what year was this, though? I guess it was kind of pre-internet, pre-the um, web, though, so it was like 94. So, you know, it's debatable. Yeah, one of its options, I'm looking at one of these auctions that has uh, the screen lit up, and it says, uh, buttons at the bottom below the number pad that's on screen, says uh-huh. phone pager. I guess I know that it looks like it might be his address book or whoever had it in there. The, their address book. Oh, my heater just fired up. I hear it. Yeah. So it, I, I, I clicked on sold listing, so I see where one sold for $750. Buy it now. Um, so, you know, they go for a little bit of money and then completed auctions. Yeah, it looks like there's been a couple maybe that didn't sell, sell, sell. It's kind of interesting how a few of them have come out of the woodwork all of a sudden, though. People finding them, they, they didn't end up in the trash anywhere. But certainly a um, an interesting footnote in the history of the smartphone. And um, eh, you know, I wouldn't say it was it was super influential or significant, but um, it has its place in history, and it was very interesting. I do remember when it came out and reading in the, the tech press about it and stuff. But then you know. That you didn't really ever hear anything. It looks about like it. something you would have found at Sharper Image. Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly wasn't successful. So. But it's a nice proof of concept. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we're getting down. All right. So two more to go. Yeah. My next one. Might as well go to it here. Uh, Slightly older. Other um, Blackberry, huh? Did I put a link to it? Oh, yeah, it's not working. It. I'm sitting here clicking on it, too. <laughs> thought, okay, hang on a second. <laughs> I'll find it. That's funny. <laughs> um, it's funny because it looks like a link. It's, it's underlined. has a blue. Your, I saw your, uh, your uh, <laughs> cursor moving around back and forth. Like, what are you doing, caressing it? <laughs> it All right, I'll find like it here, a... and then I'll fix that. That's funny. Hey, look! I found one that's exactly named the same way. All right, let me let me get the uh, link in here real quick. And this one, I think I picked one that was. Oh wait a minute! Was this? It must have been posted once before, and then I, I would have picked it from the sold listings. Uh-huh. There it, is. it it sold. Okay, so let me open this one up, get the link, and paste that right in there for Fix you. Fix the show notes. That's right. Hang on. Okay, so there's the link. Um, oh, wait a minute. Am I looking at the... I know I saw sold. It said sold. So, but then it says they relisted it. Oh, there we go. All right. Now I got it right, I believe. Too many too many links. Um, which also was a problem in the early smartphones, too. Uh, having yeah. too many links on a page, they were all tightened up with each other and it was uh, uh hang on paste it the link bad. i remember and my, just my first smartphone there you go now you have a link my first smartphone ever was a windows mobile phone huh it was it wasn't so great okay yeah it's better now oh here you go now that's a classic blackberry yes that's the classic blackberry right there look at that fully working Ooh, they want some money for it oh that's sold Sold for $213.88. Wow, really? Isn't it funny how that looks now? I have one like this. 
Um, I'm not sure if mine works or not. It looks nice. I'm not sure if it works. I think a couple of years ago at a local flea market, I saw somebody selling old blackberries like this, and and I thought he was nuts for wanting fifty or sixty bucks for them. Yeah. But yeah, this is uh, blackberry. Um, it looks like it's just a, a white backlit screen, but it's black and white. Yeah, look, it's and, still picking up the GPRS network. There you go. How is that? I guess they're all. It's all. The cell towers well, are still this, backwards compatible this, with that. Is this in? Um, hang on a second. I got to mute. I think my son's coming downstairs. Oh, so this was. So this, even though it looks like the originals, it's saying this is the sixth device released to have a monochrome screen. So this is a fairly later one, 2003, but not really that changed from some of the earlier, other earlier ones. That the basic form factor. Yeah, no touch screen, no Bluetooth, no camera, no GPS. Nope. Use that just, wheel on the side. Just did what a BlackBerry did best: email, internet browser. I had a speakerphone. Yep, to do lists and all that kind of stuff. The Ding. PIM stuff. Oh, look on the screen. It says data connection refused. <laughs> huh. they, they aren't subscribed. Yeah, probably uh, so. And, yeah, the description does have the, I think you mentioned this already, the release history mm-hmm. of the BlackBerry series. Rim, in, in, Rim Interactive Pager. Well, Research in Motion, that was the, the company who made the BlackBerry. Right. Uh, so that was 96, and then the Rim 850 in 1998, Rim 857 in 2000, and then the BlackBerry series, starting with the 5800 series in 202, then 6700, then 6200, unless oh. it was reversed, and then 7200 and 7700, and then this one is 6230. So yeah, it's 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 around the uh, 2003. So 16, 17, no, 14 years old. Pretty cool. Old. Wow, yeah, yeah these things are, look at the bunch, some of the other ones for sale. They're going for some money now, these original Blackberries. I see some of these uh, have the little pull-up antenna also. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy. Here you get a lot of 26 Nextel BlackBerry 7250s for 179 Wow. 26 of them, probably in various... Well, no, a lot of them look like they're working. And uh, I'm sure you remember, Jeff, and um, I mean, you know, BlackBerries, people, they were jokingly called Crackberries. Yes, because no... <laughs> Nobody could let them go. Yeah, and people were all you know, crackberry addicts and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember. That. Isn't that funny? Now we're all crackberry heads, though. Right. Nobody can let go of their smartphones now. No, I have a hard time doing that myself. Everybody does. I did it once uh, not too long ago just to see. It, it, just, it was a lazy day for me at home. I just uh, left the phone, plugged in, and... I even left my watch charging, and I just did things around the house without it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I kind of missed it, but I could have done without it. I mean, honestly, I, if I want to check my text, I can get on Google Voice and do the same thing because um, it's linked with my mobile phone. Um, so, yeah, I can do all my texting from a PC through the same account. 
and of course I can check my email and stuff. So yeah, I guess I can cheat and not have to have the phone with me. I just got to sit down in front of something. So what did you find? An early Treo. So so the last pick. So for the longest time, I thought that this was generally the first handspring. You know, that was real smartphone. Yeah, handspring made the Treo. Then that's the company that the two guys from Palm founded. And then Palm ended up buying handspring and then the later trios were all palm you know branded same company but so this handspring trio 180 um smartphone which is basically a palm pda with a phone you know uh analog um cell phone i think it's analog right Uh, i'd be wrong or is it digital gsm SM 900, 1800. Well, they would have digital capability the email, but yeah. it, uh, 900 megahertz. I think that was digital. 800 megahertz was the analog. So maybe, yeah. But anyway, this is um, from, uh, it from certainly what I can tell, was the first 4G. mainstream s- smartphone in the U.S. So 2002, you know, five years before um, the iPhone and just a couple of years before, I guess, um, Blackberries were really starting to come into being and then, um, sidekicks and everything else. So, and then the trio was, um, fairly big player in the marketplace for a long time. My wife had a much later trio, like a 755. When I got that mobile windows mobile, my first smartphone in 2005, she got a trio and, um, and they're pretty good. Also um, terrible. Um, hers was color, of course. By then, Ter- also terrible web browsers. But yes, but they That's had right. apps. They had an app. Um, you could put apps on them. Yeah, the Palm. Any anything Palm uh, OS related had apps. But nothing like what would turn into you know the app market on the iPhone and then Android, though. No games were a lot simpler. Yeah. You I just mean also the number. Four. Well, yeah, even that. Uh, plus, the apps weren't so smart. I mean, they, they, you had to fit all this in like 16, was it 16 meg of space? But so this is the Handspring Trio 180 GSM unlocked, and they won $180 for it uh, for 30 shipping. Looks like they read the wrong number. Maybe, maybe, maybe the model number is the price. Yeah, so that's a lot of money. I don't know why they're thinking they're they're getting that much money out of it. So, oh, here you that's go. If you, if you scroll down below it, like more options, there there it is. There one phone called the Palm Pre. Do you remember that? Yes, I'm pretty sure that that is. Oh, but that's not. Oh wait, I'm confusing things. Never mind. That was right. Them trying to re. Um, invent themselves but it was you know after the uh iphone and android stuff and it kind of didn't work out i'm sorry i was confusing it again about what like what happened to the danger company (laughs) made sidekick the the pre was one of the ones that kind of had that curve that's what you're talking about though yeah it looks like a nice smooth pebble and then and then the top lids slid up they have the little uh keyboard yep yeah they're pretty neat i mean i thought they were pretty nice and they actually had a nice interface which I think HP ended up buying and doing something with, but nothing that significant. I think I'm getting tired too. It's only nine o'clock, but I'm like, God. <laughs> well, we're recording a little later than yeah, a little bit because I normal. I couldn't get home too early. And last night I was up late um, back in school, back for uh, college courses three and four, and so it was a essay night because Lord's no or essay, you know, paper. 
And of course, I'm not going to write my paper, so the very night is due. <laughs> Why not? It, it's just it's thrilling. Yeah, I've done that already. So, um, so stayed up finishing that. But hey, got them in. Hey, do you know my wife? Both my wife and I, we got both got A's. All right. On our first two college courses, I got an and, A and a star on your forehead, and you get to take your, uh, um, you get to take your report card to the arcade and get a free game. Right. I, I never made A's. I mean, really. So, so yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. So either they lowered the standards, right, or you got smarter. <laughs> Take a pick. So we'll wrap it up. So, but there you go. That was the last one, the handspring trio. So, so we covered. Um, so, what did we learn? So basically, the uh, sidekick, very, very, I say, influential and important. You know, earlier smartphone. Um, you know, it's not like this is that long ago. Um, as well as um, Blackberries and Trios, I think I think those three were. Um, I mean, there's so many other ones too, but those are pretty. There were a lot of players on the market, and it either came down to if they wanted to have their own operating system or if they wanted to leverage an existing operating system. Yeah, uh, and there were some non-standard operating systems, but either way, your smartphone lets you talk to people as a regular phone. And then interact with um, you know, the screen for computing uh, activity. And you know, it is uh, it is easy to forget, you know, how important Nokia used to be, though, even in the American market. You know, so they had a pretty big presence. I just couldn't tell you anything about. And I'm trying to think what was the what was the um, you should know this the operating system a lot of those used. <sighs> I think it was like a Linux derivative or something, wasn't it? Yeah, weren't some some of the smartphones were actually Java based. Yeah, I know the Blackberries were the or at least the early ones. Yeah, the Nokia. I, I know what you're talking about. Nokia did have kind of a popular operating system. I just can't remember the name of it. But obviously, there's many more. If we're forgetting any, or we missed one that you, the listener, we passed our time. Are mad about? Hey, tell us about it. Send us a recording or just uh, email us or you know write us or whatever, and uh, we'll be happy to read it next time. It's a fully interactive show. You just have to wait till we release the episode. So did you find any uh, good Facebook comments this year? There are – yeah, so far this year. I don't I guess know if I noticed that many, much activity. Uh, I'm looking at the notifications where we should get something like that. I see a lot of people liking and a, f- a few people sharing and – no substantial comments, uh, except going back to one that I think I discussed already um, about that bubbles whiting using the punch cards, the Hollerith and IBM. Uh, and I think I mispronounced the name back then too. Thomas Zubin with a silent D in the front. Huh. Uh, first year in computer science was the last year as university used punch cards. Had a whole hour-long class on using the IBM 029 key punch. Huh. And yeah, that was the, uh, the only comment this year. Well, on Twitter, we had a little bit of activity. Let's see, after this show. Um, so a good one by Jim Osborne, who said, thanks for the whole new world track being added to the closing of the podcast. I feel special. You know what? I, I listened to that for the first time today. <laughs> yeah. Did you catch that? What was that all about? <laughs> Oh, just tier three, right? Yeah, well, because there was a, um, at some point in the podcast, I launched into a, it's a whole new world. I don't remember why. Okay. In reference to something you said. 
And I then, wanted to, actually, I listened to it just so I can see what our theme was and what our it, items were for this one. Yeah. And then, um, and then, so I, I, I grabbed that, you know, part of that and stuck it at the end. Uh, in fair use. <laughs> yeah, it's under 10 seconds. Um, Jim Fullerton uh, replied to us, I guess, when we were talking about um, the differences of like 386s and 486s. He said the 386 S6 did lack the math coprocessor. So, so Good. it was a cost reduced version of the 386s. So being put on a 16 bit motherboard as well as not having a math coprocessor, which you, you had said that. Right? Uh, I, yeah, I, I was trying to figure out if it, there was truth to that, but uh, now somebody, a second person verified that, so that helps. And in the world of the internet, that's more than enough. <laughs> and then, <laughs> when two people uh, agree, then it must be the truth, right? Yeah. And then who's this? Oh, then Tom from Tradena Computes. I guess this is, is his Twitter name, but Tom. He says, I just listened to the Asus EEE episode again and ended up buying new, a new netbook. You guys are trouble. Someone we were covering netbooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hope oh, well. Uh, so you you can live your childhood uh, or the things that you couldn't afford when it first came out. See, that's a lot of what I do. I can't afford it when it first came out, came out, so I learned to be patient. Uh, I've always wanted to have the latest, greatest tech, but I, I can wait and then have something I can call vintage. And it looks like you've been tweeting some pictures of oscilloscopes from an antique store. Yes, I went to an antique store last Sunday, and usually I'll find old radios and... Um, yeah, basically old radios, maybe an old television if I'm lucky and stuff. But uh, I one of these uh, – yeah, my watch is going off. Somebody's tweeting. Um, <laughs> real time, folks. Um, so I, I came across this one stand and it's like, wow, that's an oscilloscope. And I saw it from around a corner and then I turned the corner and there's all this test equipment on this top shelf and the shelf below it. I didn't get pictures of everything. But that's the most I saw in any one spot of that kind of equipment that wasn't at a ham fest. Yeah. And the one on the right, if you can think of the way the picture was, you did. It looks like it's kind of modern. Or is it, uh, let's see which has, one is. Oh, that's right. I did the composite image. Let me look at it. It has like a real smooth, like um, almost um, sunglasses or, you know, tinted sort of screen. That's actually – there's like, like a like a almost a shield that sticks out, like a ring that sticks out yeah. on that. Uh, that's the Konar. Um, yeah, model right. 250. Very nice looking. Now, you can see the price on it too. It says $45. I think I saw one on eBay go for 40 So um, it looks like it's being priced fair. It looks like this person probably does not know what they have and is going to eBay to find pricing and then just putting their thumb on the – price scale just a little bit because somebody who orders is going to pay a fortune for shipping. And you didn't buy these, right? I did not. Oh, I don't have the room that for it. That top blue Eco, that one looks I, pretty cool. That's an old Eco, that's, one. That's a, and it was owned by Arthur F. Wolf Jr. Yeah, Model so, 145. Yeah, Signal Tracer. So this is basically a, an amplifier, an audio amplifier. Oh, oh, that's a speaker, not a... Um... Yep, that's a speaker. Okay. Nice. So you can hook up a, you can probably hook up a record player to that, and you know it'll amplify it because it's very basically a very sensitive audio amplifier. 
So how I mean, about um, do we have any email? No, we just have no? the email that says somebody liked this tweet. Somebody you know followed right. us. Is anybody listening? Oh, they are. Really? How can we know? How do we well, know? They, are you out there? Anybody? Well, you know, email is so 20th century. Can anyone uh, for the 21st century? How will you contact us out there? <laughs> Show us a little love, won't Step you? Tap on the microphone, right? If you're listening, contact us. So that's going to do it for this shoe. And show 58 is, as we were talking before the show, Jeff, is in approximately two weeks. So yes. be looking for it. We're kind of floating around with the, uh, some changes. Our schedules are a little some things, but, um, dynamic. Generally, we're doing a show every two weeks. So just sort of be looking for the next show. And it will be out in approximately about two weeks. Um, so show 58. And we're going to continue our look at the world of the smartphone. And this time, we'll be talking about the iPhone. Definitely a revolutionary, you know. I'm going to wear my turtleneck sweater for that one. And this year marks you know, the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. And you can find all the show notes at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Send your feedback to feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Um, or you can um, go to Facebook and make comments or go, or go to their webpage and make comments on the episodes. Um, or uh, write a review in iTunes. Help us out. Tell someone about us. Spread the word. You know where we might have comments. And the Vintage Computer Forum. Go there. Links in the show notes for all these things. Where? We might have comments on the, the actual posted articles on the History of Personal Computing website. Are you looking? Yes. Um, yes, I'm looking right now on the first computers, episode 55, when we talked about our first computers. Oh, yeah. Uh, a person named Jim Osborne said, love the podcast. I'm only three quarter of the way through, but I'm surprised I haven't heard you guys mention using your computers to access BBSs with a 300 baud modem. <laughs> he goes, I believe it was 1984 to 85 time frame when he got his first modem for his Apple II Plus. Yep. That, of course, opened a whole new world of functionality for him. Maybe if uh, – well, he, I guess we were talking about we were stationed overseas. He said maybe if you were stationed overseas, that might not have been much of an option. Anyway, great hearing about your first experiences. Yeah, I love talking about uh, uh, the first computers and stuff. That's, that's just me, and I'm not doing it in my old man voice yet. Give me another 10 years. When I Back in my boy. day. That's the one. Yeah, yours sounds a little bit better. Yeah, we, uh, you sound more like Mark Twain would would sound. You know what? Story. It only took thirty two k to get to the moon. It was enough for them. It was enough for you. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm stealing that. That line is actually from um, "Every OS Sucks." If you've never seen that or heard that song, I out. have not. There's so oh. much I can catch up on. Oh, you got to check that out. All right. So that was show 57. And you know what? By the way, if you have been listening for a while or you came in somewhere, you know, not show one, you should go check it out. Go check out show one. And, uh, you know, and give it a listen. The show was a little bit different then. But I think we did a good job. Oh, we were raw back then, weren't we? Well, but we did, you know, we did more. Uh, we weren't doing, it wasn't based around eBay auctions. So we still had eBay auctions. But it was, it was, you know, we were covering the early days of personal computing, tier one, the desktop. So there's a lot of shows to listen to now in these uh, 57 shows. So check them out. Uh, history doesn't change. So they're still just as relevant now. The eBay auctions are really old. But other than that. That's true. 
So that's going to do it for this episode, Jeff. Remember, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Don't buy from bums. <laughs> <laughs> the we should with- look at Craigslist. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I follow some things. I have like searches on Craigslist that I follow, and one for the TI ninety nine. And you'd be surprised how many of them get sold on Craigslist. For how big Atlanta is, you know, I mean, it's a fairly, it's a major city, of course. Oh, I'd love area. to have a, a, a major metropolitan area for Craigslist. Really, you don't? Not that I, not that I'm looking I, that often I got, all the time. There's somebody but. on my local Craigslist that keeps saying, "I, I, I want all your old Commodore stuff." Oh, there's someone like that here. And he says, check your attic, check your friends, you know, your parents, you know, whatever. Um, and I, maybe he's just putting something in every region or zone looking for Commodore stuff. But it's like, you know, you can at least say what you want for want to pay for it. <laughs> I don't have time to negotiate. If I want to get rid of any of my Commodore stuff, you know, let's start talking some money. Let's see. Before we say goodbye... Let's see if, uh, if that person's here. I know here's someone they've been trying to sell this uh, Commodore Pet, and it's a what is it, a forty thirty two a little bit later one that's been on there for a while seven hundred twenty five dollars, which that is not a good Craigslist price. It's too much. Commodore sixty four complete working condition, so they're selling one seventy five bucks, and then here's someone trying to sell a sixty four with a disk drive for one hundred eighty dollars. Same person okay. as the pet. So I typed in Commodore in the York, and I get the looking for old Commodore computer stuff, and then it says few local results found. Here, Commodore sixty four complete set plus two hundred and twenty five dollars. Um, and you and also like boats sixty four. Yeah, Commodore <laughs> cruisers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Boy, what other Commodore stuff? Oh, huge indoor flea market and surplus store in Pottstown, PA. Oh, I know about that. I gotta go go to that place. It's a it's like an antique flea flea market and yeah, yeah, plus surplus. And he has a lot of old things. Like he has stacks of Apple IIs and stuff. I really need to get there. Wow. And it's in Pottstown, so it's about an hour and a half away from me. Something I could probably do some weekend. Jeff, here's a 1985 Commodore Regal cabin cruiser. Yeah. In Gainesville, Georgia, for eleven thousand dollars, and I'm looking at interior pictures or anything. This is a nice looking boat with yes, an inboard the motor. Cabin cruisers, yeah, it's got a four point three V six in it. I'm not kidding. And seriously, the um, wow, the cabin downstairs is really nice. That is a sharp look at man for eleven thousand bucks. That's not that much. I would. Yeah. <laughs> does does it come with a barnacle scraper? Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's, it's the upkeep. It's the like storage and the upkeep and all that stuff is what'll get you. What do they call it? Bottomless pits or whatever? Oh, yeah. All right, well, good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. See you next time. Love me.